Love the cases. Love the clauses. Love the adverbs and the antecedents. Love the words. From ELFM. Hello, I'm Hesse from Hitcher Encounters. With nervous energy, you raise your other hand from your pocket and grasp your fingers around the cold metal door handle and push it open. You've done this a million times before, but this time it's different. Hop on in. No, I'd probably say he's even glad you found me. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Orly Airport Terminal 5. Please remain seated with your seatbelt fastened until the fastened seatbelt sign has been switched off. So, good evening and welcome to Love the Words here on East Leeds FM. We have two uh, people from Hitcher Encounters, fascinating project, which uh, or a theatre company that have a new project that's going online very shortly. We're all strangers here. Arti Suresh, hello Arti. Hello. And Hetty Beta, hello Hetty. Hello. Nice to have you here on the programme. And first, so first of all, tell us about the company and what you do and what you are. So, um, we're an immersive theatre company, um, and what we call ourselves is basically we're Leeds-based uh, theatre company with an international outlook. Um, our shows, uh, what we aim to do is create new age digital theatre. At some point, we do hope to go into physical theatre as well, but something that is immersive, that is interactive, that is, you know, escapist that gives the audience a hedonistic experience that takes them out of their real worlds um, and, you know, put it, you know, let them momentarily escape into our fictional worlds. Um, yeah, so um, basically where we got the idea from hitchhiking. So that's where Hitcher encounters. So it's like where, you know, we are your hitcher, um, you're the hitcher and we are drivers. So it's, we take your hand and whisk you away into our world. Sounds great. I mean, hitchhiking is um, hitchhiking. Hetty is not uh, a fashionable thing. I would suggest. I don't know. I, I hardly see anybody hitching these days. But so that's quite a bold, uh, a, a bold move to call yourself hitcher encounters and sort of centre yourself around that. Yeah. Do you hitch? Yeah. No, I haven't hitched, but would love to, especially following um, we were strangers here the project. But yeah, it is, I suppose it is quite a bold move, but we really felt like the experience of hitchhiking, having spoken to people who had, um, really summed up how much we want to just take the audience away into their like little fictional encounter, let them have this escape of them away from the real world, and then deposit them back. And it's sort of a whirlwind of like a hitchhiking, not really knowing where you're going, um, and just like going with the flow and seeing what you can make of your experience. Yes, and I always felt when I did a lot of hitching uh, years ago, I always felt, in a way, that's that's exactly what happened. You you took your you sort of took a chance, and you'd be in a small enclosed area with somebody who you didn't know for a period of time, and quite often it was a bit of a whirlwind, uh, and then um, and then being set down somewhere in the middle of nowhere having had an experience contact with with uh, the unknown and then but it's 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 a it's a wonderful thing to be doing so yes yeah, a great metaphor for the experience of, of theatre did you um Artie did you um did you 
so were you born as a theatre company during the lockdown and that's why you've taken this digital form or, or did you did you form before that no we formed right at the beginning of lockdown so um the four of us were in a project and that's when we realized that we kind of complement each other's um, strengths and compensate on each other's weakness and we the four of us make a great team um and we thought, yeah, this is it. This is what we want to do. Um, we want to do make a theater company. We want to tell stories, um, and that's how we got how we got into digital theaters. Also because of lockdown, um, because we were all in different countries, in different cities, away from each other, and we had only technology to connect us, um, and that's what we latched onto. And our first show, the Labyrinth Project, um, was a seven day piece. Um, seven-day durational theatre, um, which had us interacting with the audience members and the audience members interacting with each other through Zoom calls, through phone calls, through texts, an interactive website. We send them posts. Um, and I think that's where we realised that this is what we want to do. And um, what everybody craves for right now is human connection. And that's what we're trying to give people, a human connection with strangers. You're being mentored by Alex Palmer from Riptide Theatre Company. Tell us a bit about about him and about them. Yeah, so Riptide are a brilliant Leeds-based, um, immersive sort of theatre and experience company. Um, and we met Alex via doing the first run of the Labyrinth Project. He was helping us create that. Um, and so that project was wider, more than us four girls. Um, and he sort of said to us, you know, like, girls, you could take this further, you could become a company. And he's really helped us develop our style because Riptide have a very sort of game based, mysterious, um, but really sort of engaging and interactive style of theatre. And that's really influenced how we now create theatre and what we want the audience to experience as well. And you're also associated with Stage at Leeds. So tell us about that partnership. So yeah, Stage of Leeds are the stage at the University of Leeds campus um, and we're associated with them because we've used their equipment to help create our shows. They've helped us provide studio spaces um, and given us their time, which has been super helpful. All of the technicians there have really been helped us get our head around this um, as this is obviously very new for us um, as we're a startup company. But they've really helped us, um, so we've partnered up with them, which has done really well for us, and we've really enjoyed it. Yeah, finally, tell us about the project that is opening soon. We're all strangers here. Sounds intriguing. Tell us about it. So the project revolves around the audience, first off, the listener. Um, it's about six strangers and how they all interact and they all meet each other through traveling and hitchhiking across the globe so you'll go to Asia you'll go to Central America you'll go to Europe um, and what we really want is the audience to be able to listen and to be able to go on these stories as the characters and encounter the strangers and see the connections they make and as you follow all the stories through you'll see how one impacts the other, that impacts the other, that impacts the other, um, and really sort of spreading that connection and those little tidbits of information or the little advice that you get given across a lot of people. Um, and we think people are really missing that at the minute. Obviously in lockdown, you're not meeting anybody new and you're not even meeting the people you knew, but you're not meeting anybody new and we think, to meet strangers is such a wonderful thing and also to test your own trust um, is really sort of like worth exploring. And so we found out all of these hitchhiking stories and traveling through interviews with real people. So all the stories are based off real stories that real people have given. Um, so you're following in the footsteps of somebody who's actually done this, um, which is pretty amazing, I think. And then you'll also get with the with the four audio pieces that it comes as a live phone call where you get a choose your own adventure style um, call with an operator on the end of the line, which is live. So you can play around with it. You can have fun. 
and you can sort of give it your all. And before we hear how you access uh, We're All Strangers here, uh, I just want to, yeah, I just think it's great to be championing the the encounter with stranger, with the stranger, because even the word stranger these days has a slightly sinister um, kind of connotation and uh, rather like hitching, people are always dangerous, you know, it's there's something about, you know, stranger danger things. So, yeah, have, are you you're playing with that, presumably? Um, we're really playing with the idea of trust and how much trust you put in strangers um, and how you sort of interact with them. And yeah, it's really relevant at the minute with strange danger and everything. But we also think that there is a proper beauty in meeting a stranger, especially somebody who you can share a connection with, whether it's sort of a fleeting moment or it's something that carries on and you keep in contact with them. But we really think it's such an interesting topic to explore and see how each different person would react um, and how much merit there is to trusting people or not trusting people. Yeah, and I love the idea of testing your trust. I think that's, uh, and just about, just I love the idea of trust and really looking at that in terms of meeting strangers and being with strangers. Sounds a really interesting project. How do we actually access the piece, Artie? So what Hedy said, these stories come in the form of four binaural, binaural audio pieces and a live phone call. Um, what we realized um, over the last few months is that all of our sensory organs are so important and sound is such a strong sensory um, organ that, you know, that is so receptive and it's the easiest one to bring back memories. So in this time where traveling is, you know, where most of us can't travel, um, our pieces give an opportunity for people to go on different journeys through all the different modes of transport that we can't be on right now to different countries that we'd like to go but can't. Um, and these four binaural audio pieces um, are on our website. So basically, if anybody who would like to buy a ticket buys a ticket, um, you have access to it for any two simultaneous weeks in February. So like any other theatre show that works on, you know, three nights or four nights, our show works in week slots. So it's three week slots. Um, so if you buy a ticket, you have access to the four binaural audio pieces um, in those two week slots and you can have the phone call in your free time in any of those two week slots. So it's, a, it's, it's quarantine friendly. It's um, supposed to sit alongside your, you know, uh, your everyday life. So if you have, you know, a really busy day, you can come back and listen to our pieces. And since every anybody has an anybody has access to these pieces for two weeks, um, you can also listen to our audio pieces over and over again. So Artie, yeah, is there a website that people go to to book tickets and find out more? Um, to find out more, you can go to www.hitcherencounters.com. Um, so there's all the FAQs and there's more information about the show. To book tickets, you can go to the Stage at Leeds website and. Um, you can book your tickets via that ticket source. Fantastic. So thank you so much, both of you, for coming on Love the Words. And it, I do recommend uh, this piece. We're all strangers here at Hitcher Encounters. And, uh, yeah, go there and encounter the stranger you might encounter. So um, both, you, I asked you to pick uh, a piece of music that ties in to your uh, the company or the piece in any way and so you've chosen something tell us about that Hetty. So we've chosen Change is Gonna Come by Sam Cooke. Um, this was actually one of the songs that when we interviewed one of our hitchhikers um, he told us it was one of his favourite songs to travel to and us members of Hitcher Encounters have really got on board with the song. We feel like it really represents the piece of We're All Strangers here as a whole um, it has a little link to the storyline, so you'll have to get a ticket and listen to find that out. Um, and we also just think it's a brilliant piece of music, which really makes us feel proud of the work we've done. <laughs> Oh, 
Love the haiku, love the sonnet, love the quatrain and the couplet, love the words, from East Leeds FM. So you're listening to Love the Words here on East Leeds FM. I am talking to uh, Alex Rushforth, the writer, songwriter, performer, who has a new single out. It's very, very good. He's here to talk to us about it, particularly about the lyric. Hello, Alex. Hello. Tell us a bit about the song. Um, it's Thank you. That's a nice thing to say. Um, the song is... I, uh, it's, it's came about in an interesting way because I started writing um, the start of the song um, in January 2020. So I was I wrote the first line, "We are living in end times." Then, and I just sort of was like, "Oh, it's a cool idea," put it on the back burner, and then I picked it up in lockdown and was like, "Yeah, this is really interesting." That I kind of already had this sort of idea from the fire don't get caught in the real come back again come back again come back again just the idea the idea that um, you know things that have happened in the last year were already happening 
that it's not really anything new has happened. It's just a revealing process of things that were already going on. And um, in that same way, it embodies a, a kind of springtime feeling. Yeah, in a, yeah, in a sense, I, it's interesting you even asking me about the song because I don't really. I'm just becoming increasingly clear that I don't write the songs. I don't know why they, it's like that. I, I, I just, I, I step back from. I guess. I don't know. It's not a very good interview. I, I'm not a very good interviewee about this. <laughs> times on our own little islands it goes on and on and on it goes on and on and on we are living in end times can't see sun for the moonlight as we wait for God just come a little faster just come a little faster I want this to be over I want to be with my love and be where the flowers are golden. I want a son and a daughter. I want a house near the ocean. I want to lay in the garden. I want to die when I'm older. All of us, all of us are here. All in this. All of this is real. Violet, blue and gold. Red and green and rose. You are not alone. Come with me and let's have fun in the nighttime. Feel the heat from the fire. Don't get caught in the riptide. Come back again, come back again, come back again. We still living in end times, keeping hidden from outside. It goes on and on and on. It goes on and on and on. We are living in end times. We are hurting and violent. It was always this. It was always just falling apart. Now a little bit faster. Just now a bit clearer. Let's just be real and be open. We're in the global asylum. No need to feel like a martyr. I see the light in the darkness. I hear the voice in the silence. Deep in the body is diamonds. I am the pure loving kindness. All of this, all of us are here. All in this, all of this is real. Violet, blue and gold. Red and green and rose. You are not alone. So come with me. There you go. I've never read it. I've never ever read it. We are Keep 
Welcome to the 8th edition of Look Closer, the Found Fiction podcast. If you've never listened before, this show is a creative search for inspiration. In every edition, I'll meet up with a different guest to take a journey around their neighbourhood and explore the places, people and communities around them, unlocking the things that inspire them as creative thinkers and the makers of great things. During lockdown, this podcast has provided us with a lifeline of sorts. It's been a good reason to get outside and spend time with other creative people. We've been able to do this while keeping within social distancing restrictions, as it's only been me and someone else going for a walk outdoors. But right now, you can only meet someone from another household outdoors for the purposes of exercise. So, in this episode, I'm going running around Eckert Reservoir with Jamie Harry Scrutton. Jamie is a Leeds-based artist specialising in spoken word poetry with animation. He's won several awards for his films and performances, most recently at the Dunbobbin Film Festival. He's about to release a book of sketches entitled The Devil Makes Work for Creative Hands. Eckert Reservoir takes about an hour to run around, so if we sound out of breath, you'll know why. Yeah, good man, you? Yeah, I got lost loads of times. Oh, did you? <laughs> no, it's satellite navigation, it's just... Yeah, you're... whoa. I'm always running like this. <laughs> I feel like a bit of a wuss. Why? <laughs> no, I don't know, I'm wrapped up pretty warm. Yeah. But, uh, anyway, yeah, we'll, we'll keep you moving because you probably need to keep oh, moving. Oh, no worries. I hope I've got my um, 38 breath. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah. I just am fighting my uphill. Oh, right. You've... I'm all right, though. I'm, I'm, that's, I'm that's you warm up, then. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I'm running back, so... Yeah, there were, like, a congregation of leads already out. I was like, yeah. oh, I wonder if I know anyone. <laughs> Good stuff. I think places like this are pretty popular on a weekend, and especially a nice, yeah. crisp winter's oh, God, day yeah. like this. It's uh, Couldn't really get better in January, I don't think. No, it was my first time at this uh, location. Okay. So I've been researching and oh. the scenery just looks beautiful. Yeah. It's really inspiring, I'm like, you. Yeah, I mean, so, yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you come out and seek inspiration in, like, 
countryside often. Uh, yeah, well, I'm, I'm a city boy, so when I do go to um, my boyfriend's house in, it lives just between Dalton and Almondbury. There's Castle Lill and uh-huh. the whole of them. Oh, what's the little village called? Kirk Eaton? Kirk Eaton? No, Kirk Eaton. Kirk yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's, it's like beautiful. It's, like, it's visually beautiful. It's all around there and quite hilly. Yeah, it's quite hilly. I love, I love running up hills. Keep it, I love yeah. the steep yeah. incline. It's like a little, uh, well, it's a wall, but it's like a little stage, um, raised stage. Yeah. So I often go up there and do Facebook live gigs, seeing that we can't do any at the oh, minute. Yeah. So I just stand on that and he's just filming it. But the only thing about that is you've got to really project when you're performing because the the wind rush up there, it's just yeah. it's unbelievable. And yeah, you're battling the elements. So, like, yeah. I, I know you as a sort of performance poet, but obviously you're, a, you're an animator. Yeah. You're, you've dabbled in dance and stuff, right, as well? Theatre? Uh, well, I worked front of house at theatre and dance. Yeah, Yorkshire dance. I wish it? I could doddle in dance, but I can do... Pull a few moves. <laughs> I've had a drink. Too. I'm sure you can. Um, yeah. So, like, uh, it's interesting because, as a multidisciplinary artist, which I guess you could describe yourself as, yeah, is yeah. it more about like the stories for you than the medium? Yes. Um. Yeah. Uh, thank you. Um. Yeah, so the animation, I, I self-taught myself the the practice of animation in 2016, summer 2016. With a little uh, anecdote that I wrote called Man Bun. Man Bun. Uh, yeah, and it was actually an inspired story from uh, working at the theatre, and that, that's that's the pleasure of working in environments such as a theatre because it just inspires you. You know, every day is uh, a different day. It's not the same day. The vast amount of uh, oh, sludge. <laughs> the vast amount of uh, characters that you meet it just. Yeah. This incredible character. I mean, I don't work at a theatre no more, so. Uh, of course, of course, yeah. So, yeah, so firstly, it became written anecdotes, written poems. Um, and then I discovered the use, the practice of animation, so I've been adapting poems for visual. visual yeah. visual, uh, Kind of visual inspiration, and I do often, like you've seen, perform alongside the animations, which I thoroughly enjoy. And so, I think uh, it, it sort of sets you apart, really. And it kind of reminds me that my approach is very like I start with the story. And, yeah. I mean, I've not done animation, but sometimes some stories are more visual than others, right? Yeah. And sometimes it's more about the words and choice of words than the others. Absolutely. And I think, you know, I think you you kind of get that. Yeah, oh, definitely. Whereas other people, I think, perhaps might feel more confident in a certain format and never stray from it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Regardless of the ideas that uh, come to mind. I've actually just finished a book, which is going to be published next month. The release date, I'm delaying a little bit. Yeah. Due to lockdown and yeah, yeah, because yeah. I want to do some kind of physical promotion Launch, for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But if not, I'm um, planning to do a little uh, mini video episode series. I suppose, suppose you so, you potentially more set up for digital engagement than most. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Knowing, oh, yeah. Knowing the kind of software that you might need for that. Absolutely, yeah. I really just like eat journals. I've been keeping them since I was about 14 years of age. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, now I'm 32 next week, so can, you can imagine how much I've got like a library journal. I'm the same. I, I used to fill, I used to nick school exercise books, the little yeah. blue and red ones. Oh, I've got to um, remember them, like nostalgia. And just write stories in it. <laughs> I haven't kept them, unfortunately, but. Oh, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah, yeah. There's some of them from like year, year two and stuff. You yeah, know? yeah. The book is primarily selected, selected entries from journals of my process of making animation. Ah. It's got poems that I've never, or anecdotes, which I like to call them, which I've never performed before in them. 
Anecdotes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, mixed with uh, experiences with my mental health, so... Yeah, so keeping it keeping it quite real and... Yeah. Yeah. But it's more of a, like a visual. It's going to be like a visual with Royal Air Force-sized, American-sized book. Um, but it's going to be... It's going to be a... There's, there's things for everyone in there and... Um, and uh, creation can be for any artist, you know, any artist can have like devilish time through creation and portray mental health, etc. Through yeah, as a means of expression through art, it's um, sometimes it comes out as a beautiful thing. So I've titled the book "The Devil Makes Work for Creative Hands." Nice. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's it. Nice. I'm just noticing where we're running, like. Um the footprints are sort of frozen in the mud beneath us. It's not too sludgy, it's no. kind of more icy. It's and it's like footsteps frozen in time. I'm just oh, going yeah. with that as like a yeah. bit of a metaphor I'm noticing here. Like yeah. footprints frozen in time, like a journey you might have taken that is forever in your memory. Yeah. Like the footprints that are frozen in the ice here could be kind of a metaphor for that. That metaphor stayed with me ever since that broadcast. I think I might use it as a way of conveying the significance of a journey someone takes, where they're walking over someone's footsteps in the mud, unaware it's someone they know very well, who they may never see again. And like, how has the past sort of 12 months or so been for you creatively? Uh, yeah, I've been extraordinarily creative um, when, lo- when lockdown first commenced I was was dreading it and then I found myself producing eccentric A4 black and white charcoal sketches which I've um, which I'm actually selling on my website it's on my Wix Wix website Jim H. Griffin and um, I've been just using various illustrations from them to make animations Um, I'm just uh, completing a commission for um, a musician called John Devlin. I don't know if you've heard of him. I've heard of the surname. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Uh, so I'm just completing an ad- uh, animation commission for him. I completed in ju- summer last year a music video animation for Lens. Oh, yeah. Loved. Yeah. His track's called Loved. It's actually on YouTube, available now. So I've just been... I'm working on the book, so... I've just been making use of yeah the time something of a bad time to make it. So I mean, a few people I've spoken to um, kind of have struggled, and I I kind of have. I guess yeah. I guess it's like the the lack of people, and I didn't realise how much I kind of needed that, and how much people actually inspired me in their stories and overhearing things and. Actually, the, the kind of casual chats you have yeah, yeah. Um, with them at events and or at work or whatever. I mean, obviously, we've got the time to be more time potentially to be creative now. But oh yeah, absolutely. in terms of the stuff that's going in the creative bank of my mind, yeah, yeah, it's like it's I've had to reapproach that. I have kept up because I kind of have a booklet of of lines. It's just called lines. And it's just right. lines that come to me, oh, whether it's a bit of speech or whether it's like a, a, an image that comes to my mind. And yeah. I kind of write it down and I'm like, that might be part of a poem one day or a story or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so it's kind of a good way to, if I am, if I don't have time, I'm just like, oh, I'll open my book of lines and see if I can run with any of it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that sounds brilliant. Uh, so, you know, I felt lucky, really. Um, I mean, I... Yeah, it could have been a very different year for me last year. But, you know, it worked out okay in the end. Yeah. Uh, whereas for many people in the arts industry, it hasn't. Oh, it's, um, been, it's been just a disaster after disaster, but hopefully it can rise from the phoenix. And, well, yeah. we will, we will somehow. <laughs> I mean, it's got to kind of produce... <laughs> it's got to kind of produce some of the best art... Oh, yeah, ...humanity's ever seen, if anything, Mike. I mean... I was kind of talking to on the previous episode of this yeah. about the concept of this being a whole era of art. Yeah. Like the... Uh, we're living through a time of history. Oh, like, yeah. Like, you know, you kind of get... 
your kind of um, pre-war art and then you get into war and people yeah, yeah. compartmentalise history and the art reflects the context of that history. Oh, absolutely. And like this is a huge bit of history we're living through now. Yeah, yeah. So let's reflect on the where we are. Yeah, we're a bit sludgy now. There's a lot of water trickling around us. I mean, we are at a reservoir after all, but it's been okay up till now. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, like with with running particularly, do you find that exercise helps with like e-creativity? Oh yeah, definitely. I uh, sometimes I'm rehearsing um, my pieces when I'm running. You know, in my head, really? I can be either. I can like multitask, I can, I can be listening to music and uh, whilst I'm exercising running and I'll be running around the park rehearsing my pieces or I'll have it, either have it, um, the pieces recorded on phone. Oh yeah. Sounds a little bit, what's the word? Not, not pretentious but, you know when you're just listening to yourself whilst you're running. Well, well it's a bit self-indulgent, but I can get it. You have to, though, don't you? If you're in performance, you've got to sort of... Yeah. you got to know how much energy you need to give it, and yeah, yeah. you're not aware of that sometimes when you're actually delivering the poem. Yeah. So you've got to... That's cool. Like, uh, yeah, I like to think that it helps me running, like, creatively. Yeah. Whenever I try and actually think of a story or try and think about how I might develop a story... Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Depends on the um, severity of the run, really. Oh, yeah. Because if it's a... Sometimes you need to just focus absolutely all your energy on getting through the run. Yeah, yeah. But like, oh, I think absolutely. on a leisurely run, it's like... You can sort of think outside the box a bit more, get outside of your room, your desk, wherever yeah. you write. I mean, where do you find that you write? Have you got, like, a... Oh, I write everywhere. I can be writing on a train. I can be writing... When I worked at the theatre, I actually wrote on shift, you know, when I met... I, mean, I was inspired by all these incredible characters that came through the door. Yeah. I could be writing anywhere. Could be writing now in my brain. No, yeah. I'm not, not yet. <laughs> I guess, like, but yeah. Just, I, I find that writing isn't just about actually just the writing bit. It's like, it's just as much about consuming the world around you, right? And, yeah, yeah. All right. And, like, just even, like, reading is part of writing and watching. TV, yeah. you know, actually digesting stories as many as possible is part of writing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Let's just take a bit of stock of where we are. Like, we're just about maybe a third of the way around this reservoir. It's and it's just ref reflecting per perfectly the sky and the trees yeah. above it. It's like a nice half and half yeah. shot of the landscape. I like um, how it's uh, all visually harmonising into each other. It's it's beautiful, yeah. And the part of it is frozen over, like the sides of the reservoir are kind of frosty and <laughs> hot, like really kind of shimmering the patterns that are frozen on top yeah, of the yeah. water. Like I guess um, people do come here in good times as well, you know, it's, it's obviously a popular spot to be right now um, when it's like one of the biggest open spaces in in North Leeds, I guess. But um, I think people be interesting to know, like I said about the footprints here, yeah. about all the pleasant times people have come here as well, you know, as opposed to just now where it might just be their one exercise a day. Yeah. But it's just, it's just all about nostalgia. That's what I find along these paths, you know. Like you mentioned about stories, every uh, footprint expresses a story, so yeah. I usually go running on my own, and I usually separate it from my own creative time, but while out running with Jamie, I can see how the two are pretty well connected. You have to be perceptive for your own safety while you're out running, and in doing so you notice small details that you simply wouldn't do if you were out walking. The shape of the twig that just appears in your eye line, the texture of the ground beneath you, the feeling of air deep in your lungs. Hey, there's some there's some sites here. So there's a, um, like a farmhouse, but there's like a separate like a barn type of thing with smashed windows. Abandoned there. derelict. Yeah, abandoned yeah. buildings. Hay bales stacked high. I can kind of imagine when I see hay bales. Yeah. It's that image of just chilling on top of a oh, few mates. Oh, absolutely. Just like having a beer or two, or yeah. Just that that sort of 
pastoral countryside feel. Yeah. We've got cows grazing here as well. Honestly, it's, com- it's like a completely different... I mean, I know it's a... I know it's like a little cliche and everyone says, oh, it's a different, you know, but... From... In comparison from where I just run, I just feel like I'm running into a completely different... Yeah. Kind of... Just like serenity. Yeah, <laughs> vibe, isn't it? I guess yeah, yeah. when you're in a place with sort of sweeping views, oh, God, there's, yeah. there's nothing to be distracted by, you know. You're kind of just here and you can have whatever thoughts you want and you can think things through. Like, I think the difference with the city, like, you just have to sort of the hustle and keep wary of all sorts yeah. as well, like traffic and you kind of like people approaching you, telling you something maybe. Like, there's all sorts of bits made to be distracting, you know. There's oh, yeah, definitely. Adverts everywhere. Whereas out here, you know, you can take in, try and take in as much as you can and just be peaceful with your thoughts, you know. Yeah. And just uh, like all the uh, hustle and bustle and or any kind of typical distraction of yeah. everyday life. Yeah. And just, you just might, your mind just sedates it all and it's just. Uh, Man. All right, we're going uphill a little here. Oh, these, uh, I li- yeah, I like how the moss has clung. Yeah, these mosses, it's the mosses, the moss has clung yeah, to the stones <laughs> here, and it's like it's kind of sealed them as well. Yeah, yeah. Let's it keep is. on. I think there's a, another abandoned building up here. Yeah, yeah. And then I think uh, yeah, we'll we're going to be turning into a field shortly. Oh, wow. But who knows how long these structures have been here for, and who knows what people were talking about when they were first built. Yeah, yeah. You know. Com- in comparison to now. I love, I love ruins. There's, these are proper so, ruins, these. Yeah, these yeah. sort of old yeah, barns yeah. For, for livestock, maybe, yeah. Oh, uh, an old sort of corrugated tin roof that's fallen in oh, and it's got moss all over it. Yeah. We'll come back. Yeah. Brilliant. So this is like, yeah, half a, half a house here. I, I'm pretty sure this would have been for, like, livestock or something. And there's trees yeah. growing in it now. And, like, you mentioned about... Observation, the things that's happened in this specific space, it's uh, it's intriguing, you know. And it's it's just, it's cool to, yeah, like I say, imagine the stories and things yeah. people were talking about yeah, yeah. when these were crisp, put like brand new buildings, yeah. you know. Probably the yeah, same kind of concerns that everyone <laughs> has today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. So it's, uh, yeah, there's lots to discover that, you, yeah. You're just kind of like looking closer a bit out here on. Yeah. You just like spontaneously, spontaneously um, you know, you. Oh, laugh. Dale, the cold just got to my tongue. Yeah, the spontane, spontaneity of uh, being invited, all, invited by all these uh, intriguing things. It's just. I think that's what makes the beauty of the uh, countryside. You never know what's around the corner. Yeah, 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 <laughs> true. Again, another kind of metaphor. But yeah, yeah. I think like a lot of adventures would be like rural. If you're writing like an adventure story, it would usually involve um, something that taps into the mystery of nature, you know. Oh, yeah. The most exciting kind of things I can think of, like adventures, are yeah. all kind of rural ones. Right, oh, we're going yeah. over here now, if we can. Which we kind of have to, because I don't know where... Is that all right? That's kind of all right. Well, I think once you get past uh, yeah. this initial bit, it's all right. But you can kind of take in the view here as well. Right. A few crops frozen over there. Everything's kind of... I guess in the summer, where it's peak season in farming communities, it's all like yeah. machinery out. There's but stuff getting dug and planted. Yeah. Now it's just frozen. It's, it's just hibernating, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. Right, let's be careful here. Yeah, just testing how... Uh, I could do with my arms back. <laughs> there we go. I'm just numb everywhere, but I'm used to it. I'm used to it running. Going on an outdoor adventure with another creative practitioner is a wonderfully out-of-context experience. I only know Jamie from performing in dingy basement bars. Rolling around in the mud together in a crisp pastoral landscape is something else entirely. But it's fun, and it makes you see your connection with another person and your own creativity in a different light. I think I might take a group of artists on an orienteering trip someday. 
it's a uh, uh -oh. frozen, frozen ice and right, mud again. So is here. that safe to be there? So it's fine here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just. Uh, did he slip? Nah. You just. Uh, it's just muddy. It always reminds me of being a kid. This these kind of moments, you know. Yeah. Where you like treading on ice. It's still just as un okay. uncertain now. There's, yeah. I'm just as uncertain treading on ice now as I was as a bloody four-year-old. <laughs> you know. Yeah, yeah. You get more cautious when you get older, don't you? And yeah, and I'm like, you know, sort of lanky, I guess. So yeah, yeah. I'm more Bambi-like on my feet. <laughs> anyway, oh, it's better over here. It's a bit more it's a solid, there, yeah. stable ground. That's what we all want, right? Yeah. It's a bit. Yeah. It might be better over. It's very. Uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's very. Um, I don't know. Deceiving is this terrain. <laughs> yes. It looks dry and then it's like boom. It is deceiving, yeah. You, you, I'm sort of trying to tread in others' footsteps and that's yeah. kind of symbolic maybe. Oh, yeah. Which is always the easiest thing to do, isn't it? Eh? Yeah, yeah. Like it's, it's kind of like it's easier to walk in the footsteps where people because it's more stable and in life that's easier as well to do what you know people have done before you. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it looks it, like a flat path up here. Yeah. See, I'm a little bit off, like, I am an adrenaline junkie, so I like to do things that's a bit, you know, safely dangerous. So you, you're, loving, you're loving this, then? I am, yeah, yeah, I am, yeah, I, uh, I, like, I like a bit of a spontaneity in life, so it's just, yeah, it's, uh, it's, this is, yeah, this is in my element. <laughs> oh, that's pretty, whoa. So we're here, and it's like a... A, a long yellow puddles yeah. frozen yeah frozen but you can see the water beneath it it's still going i was gonna say is it just me or is 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 it actually is it moving that does look like it's moving or is it me because i've i've been visually i've been experiencing a lot of these kind of things at the minute where things are either moving but they're not don't know i see what you mean my perspective like it I looks like know. it's the angle is more sharp when i'm looking at the close how mm. much do you want to jump in it you first. <laughs> no, I, I kind of yeah. want to preserve it in a way. Yeah, yeah. Everyone else has burst all the frozen puddles. Yeah, yeah. Let's leave that one be. Yeah, I saw that that was kind of moving. I think the water was moving beneath it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the ice was still on top, so it looked like there was some movement, but not always. Oh, yeah. And I guess that that you could kind of associate that as a metaphor. Yeah. Like something that is still, but you know you don't quite know what's going on beneath it oh yeah there's, there's even a person you know sometimes what's beneath <laughs> some, yeah sometimes someone can look like they've got it all together and yeah they're like just coasting but beneath there's like something else Intriguing. going on uh, uh, it was um okay this is this is uh this, we're gonna get through this yeah i might yeah okay we can go up on this. It's not too bad. I feel like, have you seen that Vicar Dibley scene? Yeah. I feel like I'm going to like do a Vicar Dibley with... with <laughs> right, it's alright, I just that. managed it without holding on to anything. So. <laughs> it's it's alright, it's just this one bit. Oh, oh that's easy. Stepping stones Don't be too through uh, the puddles, hey. Again, go. a metaphor, stepping stones. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Stepping stones, he can help you out. There always seems to be stepping stones where you oh, need yeah. them. Where you need them, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. There's always something there. Shall we, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Thanks. Alright. Yeah. for a nice cup of tea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, now I've got that thought in my head. You got sorry? Now I've got that thought in my head. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, it's a nice one. It's a nice one. Oh, nice relax. But it does it does feel mild-ish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, flatter ground. As you say, you just you don't know what's around the corner. No. Uh, ever. And well, this is one of the reasons I'm doing like everything now. Like, I mean, are you are you a sort of a planner? Did you do you plan or do you just uh, hurdle and do it? Well. I do as much as I, I can. Like, yeah. I plan up to the point where there's no point doing it. Yeah. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I do try and leave room for flexibility. Yeah, yeah. Because inevitably, 
you can't you can't just segment everything like that. Oh no. But no, I, I do approach everything and I have a deadline, set personal yeah. deadlines and timelines if it's a big project. Yeah, yeah. You kind of owe it, owe it to people and yourself. So oh, definitely. You've got to kind of frame it. Uh, I suppose not 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 with everything. Yeah. But yeah, I, I do try and plan as much as I feasibly can. Yeah. See, I were a planner until the pandemic took hold and oh. I just do now don't plan I do 400 miles away. so it's changed your sort of project management approach yeah I mean not just creative instinct it's like I'm an adrenaline junkie I used to plan right I'm going to do all this this year this year I've been so crazy over the last four months I've done about two bungee jumps I've booked, right. another, I've booked, I've booked another five God willing, they'll help. Uh, they'll happen. So even things on that kind of surge of life, I'm just like, just do it. Just do it. Yeah, just do it. Do you know what? It's. I think a lot more people need to do that. Oh, well, I think loads of people are doing that now. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Because it's just, it, it's. We know more than ever that we're at the mercy of nature. Oh yeah, definitely. And actually, that's kind of a respect more respects I have for it in yeah. a way now like we knew that you could you know the thunderstorms can strike and ruin your plans whenever oh, yeah. you know rain on your wedding day and all that stuff yeah. but like what's happening now with the virus and stuff it's like yeah we know kind of who's right. boss again <laughs> and we know that we can't plan the world and yeah. yeah you do need to be flexible I think that's where resilience comes in right yeah yeah because oh, like yeah. Some people might not be able to cope with that. Yeah. Like, planners particularly. Oh, definitely. I feel for the planners. Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, they've just had the rug taken from them. I think some people can roll with the punches a bit better. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, like, it's resilience and it's like, well, what else? Because when you come to it, it's a choice, like everything. And it's like, well, what am I going to do? Not do anything creative. Yeah, yeah. Or am I going to do it ad hoc? When I can. Oh, God, definitely. I remember, like, going through cow fields. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. I was down in Cornwall the year before last. All right, yeah. Uh, with my girlfriend, and, and there was about 30 cows in this small really? field. And the path, and they were either side of the path, 15 of them either side. Oh, no. And I was just like, well, come on, no, they're all right. you just got to make yourself look big. Oh, yeah. But then you don't want to provoke them either. Yeah, yeah, true. And, uh, and she was like... Going up and, and doing a little polite, you're right, <laughs> as if that would help. Yeah, yeah. I just loved that. Oh, that's the beauty in your soulmate. It's you just find things that's like, oh, it's a real respectable thing. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Just little details like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And that's it for this edition of Look Closer, the Found Fiction podcast. Thanks very much to my special guest, Jamie Harry Scrutton, who took us on a creative adventure around Eckert Reservoir. If you fancy joining us for a run and some creative chat, let us know and you could be our next podcast guest. Thank you for listening to Look Closer, the Found Fiction podcast. That's it for this time. Until next time, stay positive, connected and kind. Love the haiku, love the sonnet, love the quatrain and the couplet, love the words, from East Leeds FM. Mm-hmm.